Hey, this is Pastor Jeff Workmeister of Elevate Church, and welcome to our podcast. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope this inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the podcast. We are starting a brand new series called Legacy. Um, Today, we're going to talk about legacy of generosity. Uh, Next week, we're going to talk about the legacy of the next generation. I'm really excited. I'm going to talk about... um, kids and parenting, and and I understand that a lot of us, you know, we may feel like, well, I'm not necessarily in that season. I'll say, number one, if you're not in that season yet, it's okay. You're going to learn some stuff that's going to prepare you for the next season. If you are in that season, you need to be here. If you have children next week, you need to be here, and then if you're a grandparent, be here. Listen, it's going to be really good. Um, I'm going to speak for probably half of it, and then the second half of it, I'm gonna pull Pastor Jessica up here on stage, and we're gonna answer some questions on parenting, because here's what I believe. I believe in the next generation. I believe in your kids. I believe that God is not done, that God has a plan for this generation, and God is gonna fill them mightily and use them for great things, amen? And so, but we, we gotta, just like, just like anything, our marriage, relationships, finances, we, we gotta submit our kids to how, how God's kingdom works, how his kingdom flows. So we're gonna talk about that, and then the last week we're gonna talk about the legacy of Elevate Church. God is using this church to leave a legacy in the earth, a mighty, strong legacy right before he comes back. And so uh, we're gonna look at that, it's gonna be good. Can you get real loud for the worship team this morning? Come on, they were so wonderful. Are you sitting on the tech booth? No, you got chairs? Okay, good. I just wanted to make sure you got chairs. That's that's awesome. Um, uh, Put up that first picture, please. Look at this. (laughs) Talk about a long time ago. Look at that little lion. Michael Workmeister's big old head he had, okay? (laughs) Yeah, they said a big old head. how many of you like the, the blonde dye tips there? I'm telling you, it's gonna make a comeback. You just watch. I got plans. Some of you are down for it. I've heard some people like, yeah, that's awesome. Some of you are like, do not do this, okay? Um, long time ago, long time ago, good season of life. Um, be honest, we were just young and dumb, to be honest. I mean, I was 23 when I got married, Jess was 21. Uh, we knew that we loved each other and we loved Jesus, and that was about it. And we just kind of figured we'll figure out the rest. Um, we didn't really understand uh, everything that was gonna come, but here's what I'll know. In that season and time, I was pretty ignorant to what real pressure was, you know? I, I mean, we had just got married and we had Michael and, you know, I felt pressure, but I had no earthly idea or understanding what the next seasons of life would be for us. Because here's something that I've learned. Life never gets less, it only gets more, right? Like there's just more responsibility. There's just more opportunities. There's just more busyness. We have this like feeling thing that me and Jess always talk about. We're like, 
you know, in the next season, things will like slow down and they'll get, you know, they'll, they'll get, yeah, you all just started laughing, right? Because that's what we all, it's like a, it's a way to trick our brains. So like, oh, in the next season, like, you know, we just went through crown and went through the fall and was super busy, but the next season, everything will slow down. Yeah, that season where we have Thanksgiving and Christmas, Right, and then we're like, well, then the next season will slow down. Well, that's just you know winter sports, and I'm coaching Luke, and you know, I mean, we just always tell ourselves this, but life only gets more and more and more, and the pressure grows. And I would have never known at that season and time of my life that someday, I, number one, I didn't even understand that I would live in Cincinnati. I mean, where did we live at that time? Was that that was Mississippi? Yeah, yeah, we were in Mississippi at that time. We had no idea that we were gonna live here. Uh, we had no idea that we were gonna be the pastor of this church. We had no idea that we would even have three kids. I remember having, you know, Michael and being like, ah, I think we might be good, you know, like, <laughs> like one, one and done, right? And um, we just had no idea really what we would need for the next season of our life. But you know what I'm really thankful for? Is that God does. I'm gonna say that again. I'm really thankful, and I'm being really genuine with you, that there's something about being grateful. There's something about honoring the Lord. There's something about praising the Lord and going, God, I am so thankful that you have seen the future and you know what I need before I ever even know what I need for my future. The Bible tells us this, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, and God is what? He is able to make all grace abound towards who? Towards you, that you always having all sufficiency, sufficiency, that means more than enough, having more than enough in all things that you may have an abundance for what? For every good work. Every good work that God calls you to in your life, he goes, I wanna make sure that you have what? More than enough. I know your future. I know how to provide. I'm thankful that God says what? I don't need you to carry all the pressure. That's not, that's not your role. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this, for I know the thoughts, I'm super thankful that God has thoughts towards me and you. He's thinking about you. And he says, this is my thoughts towards you. They are thoughts of peace, not evil, to give you a future and a hope. So he's going, I don't need you to carry the pressure of your future, I've got it. I know your future before you know your future. I've set up your future, and in my grace and in my goodness, my thoughts are towards you are what? Peace and goodness. I know I want that. That's something I desire. I want God's peace and goodness to reign. Romans chapter eight, verse 28 says this, and we know with great confidence that God who is deeply concerned about us Oh, what a great word right there. How encouraging that is to know that God is thinking about you. He's thinking about your kids. He's thinking about your future. He's thinking about your home. He's deeply concerned, thinking about you and your life. Says what? 
causes all things to work together as a plan. Whoa, how great is that? Even through the ups and the downs, because we talked about that last week, we're gonna go through storms. We're gonna have ups, we're gonna have downs, but the Lord says this, even through all that, I have a master plan. I, I, I got a plan. I got a plan for your future. I got a plan for your life. For those who what? Love God. For the people. And I hope that's why you're here today. I hope you're here today because you're like, I love God. Well, his word says, I got a great plan for your future. Now, can I just, I didn't write this in my notes, but I felt this by the spirit. Can I just say to you, make sure, make sure that as you are having interactions with people who don't love God, I'm gonna say that again. As you're having interactions with people who don't love God, don't always take what they say as truth. Because their interaction with life and your interaction with life are gonna look differently. Because the Lord says, for those who love me, I will cause the good and the bad to all work together as a master plan to do what? To bless your life. Right? This is a good word. This is encouraging. God's got a great plan for our future. Back in August, throw up that picture, okay? Back in August, me and this beautiful woman right here, we celebrated 20 years of marriage. Come on. So we celebrated with a whole chicken. A whole chicken. Not part of a chicken, a whole chicken. Some incredible Italian pizza. We found this little Italian joint. I mean, literally like 10 people can fit in there. It was beautiful. And we celebrated 20 years of being married. And I thought, that's a big deal. How many people make it to 20 anymore? I mean, all stats would tell us that everything is stacked against us to make it to 20. I was thinking, man, 20, this is a big deal. And and then I was thinking, I would love to know how many fights and disagreements we had over 20 years and that we made it. We made it through, right? We made it through and just punched a hole in the wall. She was so angry at me. Oh, shit. I love telling that story. Love it. Because only, listen, ladies, only a husband can make a woman that angry. Can I get an amen from all the ladies in the house? Only a man that, that, that will just simply walk away, because that's what I did. We were in a fight, and I just decided to walk away. <laughs> all the ladies said, you're a horrible, horrible husband, right? Punched a hole in I, I thought it was the Incredible Hulk in my house. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of hormones. I'm just glad she didn't hit a stud. <laughs> that would have been a bad day. But I was thinking about it, and I was like, man, thank God. Thank God that his grace has been good to us. Thank God that he has known our future. And, but it made me think, okay, if 43-year-old Jeff could tell 23-year-old Jeff something, what would I tell him? 
Isn't that an interesting thought? Like, if you could go back five years, 10 years, 20 years, and be like, if I could tell myself a couple things, right? So I thought, if I could tell myself, what would I tell myself? So first of all, I told myself is this. Just, I would tell my old self, just calm down. Just calm down. I mean, I was the guy losing church league basketball games, taking off my shoes, throwing them down the court, hitting children in the head, okay? <laughs> uh, it's a real story. It's not exaggerated. Real story. I should have went to jail. I mean, seriously. Okay? I was so angry. We were losing the game in the championship game. I fouled out, and life just runneth over at that moment, right? I was also the youth pastor. I remember we had our youth band, and um, for some reason, in between uh, songs that we were practicing for that night, um, our youth band loved to play Metallica songs in between these, okay? And I would be like, guys, I, I get it. I, I like Metallica just like anybody else. Like, I, I get it, but like, we're trying to like, usher in the presence of God, you know what I mean? Like, we're trying to get ready to, like, worship Jesus, you know? And, like, every Sunday, this kid Kyle, our guitar player, we'd, like, get done, like, all hail King Jesus, we'd be, like, done, and then, like, transitioning to, like, practice the next song, he'd be, like, you know what I mean? Here comes Sandman, you know what I mean? And I finally lost it one day. I was like, Kyle, get out of here. You're out of the youth group. So I would go back in time and tell myself, chill out. It'll be okay, right? I thought, you know what else I would tell myself is this, that God's plan and my plan look very different. God's plan and my plan look very different. Stop fighting God's plan. I wish, I wish there's so many times I look back over the course of our 20 years of being together and just think, man, I just wish I would have surrendered quicker. God's got a great plan. He'll work it all out together for my good. If I, if I would have just relaxed and trusted his plan sooner, man, it would have been a lot better. And then I thought, the last thing I really thought was this. I wish I would have trusted God's plan for our finances sooner. I wish I would have trusted God's plan for our finances sooner because I'm gonna tell you right now, this is something that, I don't know if Jess really struggled with this when we first got married, but I did. I was very much just like the story we heard. Like, God, we don't make much. And you want this? It doesn't make sense. And so we're gonna talk about that today, okay? So point number one today is this. It's a girl math, okay? Girl math. Roll the video. Okay, okay. So this is what girl math is. If I bought something for 40 bucks online and then I returned it, then I'm 40 bucks richer, so I'm literally in the green 40 bucks. It's, the, it's like I made money. This doesn't make any sense that, to me. You didn't make money. You just got back the money that you put out. No, no, no. That's girl math. No, it's not a wash. You were going to buy that and keep that item, but because you returned it, you made money. It's 40 bucks richer. <laughs> what? <I didn't> think. <laughs> wait a second. Wait, wait. No, I understand. I understand it, but that makes no sense. So wait. 
So I go to the store, I buy a pair of Converse. Yes. Yes. I spend sixty dollars. Yes. I return them. Yes. And I get the same sixty dollars that I spent on them back. Yeah. I didn't make money. I no. My money You're back. so in the green. You just made sixty five dollars because you. <laughs> Is this why people don't work? Because they think they're rich. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. This yeah. makes absolutely no girl sense math. to me. Girl math, right there. Your sixty dollars. List of things that I firmly believe because of girl math. Anything under five dollars is free. Anything I buy with a gift card is free. If I buy something but then I return it, I've made money. Going to an event or a concert is free because I purchased the tickets so long ago it like doesn't even count. I load my Starbucks app in advance, so Starbucks is free. Anything discounted more than fifty percent is free, and I like am losing money by not getting it. If I'm like paying someone back for dinner and I have money in Venmo, that dinner is free. If I don't buy something, like if I don't buy a pair of shorts for fifty dollars, like I've made fifty dollars, and I can then go spend fifty dollars on something else. Okay, this one's a little bit weird, but my husband and I share credit cards and a bank account, but somehow every time that he puts down his card with his name on it, like that's free and he paid. Okay. All right. Let's, let's talk. All right. I think I got a lot of happy ladies in here right now. So I was at TJ Maxx buying the boys' winter coats. And I'm just going to tell you, TJ Maxx is a great place to buy kids' clothes for a whole lot cheaper, okay? We've been rocking TJ Maxx for a long time. I'm at TJ Maxx, and number one, can I just say, they need like 40 more cashiers. Like 40. Like literally just line up 40 cashiers, because I waited in line for over 25 minutes. So I get up there, and the lady checking out the lady next to me, she says to the lady next to me, she goes, this is amazing. These deals are so good. It's almost like you're getting this for free. And the lady responds. She goes, I know, girl math. <laughs> Swear to you. She literally says, girl math. As I watch her use her credit card and pay $260, but I don't know how. This is girl math, so it doesn't make any sense, it's all for free, I guess, right? I literally thought to myself, this is what I thought. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> this is by far, out of all the dumb things that I've ever heard in my life, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard, and I actually thought to myself, I'm officially stupid or dumber for hearing what I just heard. I've lost brain cells over this, okay? All the men are like, I knew I liked Pastor Jeff. He's a good dude, okay? I got you coming, guys, okay? There's also a different math called God math. It's kind of like new math. Any parents deal with new math? You know what I'm talking about, okay? You sit down with your children to do the new math right? And in your head, you're thinking, but there's like a way easier way to get this problem solved. And you're thinking to yourself, I'm pretty sure that there's no way this new math is going to work. And then you're like nine-year-old child, nine-year-old child does the new math for you and shows you the new math, and you're like, crap, it works, dang it, right? You're like, that shouldn't work. 
This new math doesn't make sense. It's the same thing with God math. God math shouldn't work. It makes zero sense that she gave $45 and God tripled her income in the same week that she was obedient. It makes no sense. Zero sense. Matthew chapter 14 That evening, the disciples came to him and said, this is a very remote place. It's getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the village and buy themselves some food. But Jesus said, that's not necessary. You feed them. And their response is with, wait, what? You want us to feed them with, as it says, five loaves and two fishes? See, the Lord comes to you just like he came to Ty, and he was like, hey, listen, um, I, I know it feels like a lot right now, but I, I need you to give this $45. That was her tithe. I love that she broke that down in the video. That was her actual tithe, 10%. That was the tithe, $45. And she goes, Lord, that doesn't make any sense. How am I supposed to give that to your house when I need this because I don't know how I'm going to have gas money. I understand this. This was a struggle. I would look at God and go, God, if I give, how will I have electricity? We need electricity, God. If I give, how will we do this? This is the disciples. They're going, how? There's like over 20,000 people here, Lord. You want us to feed them with five loaves and two fish? I love the Lord's response. He goes, never mind, just bring it to me. Take your lack of faith somewhere else. Just bring it to me. He blesses it. He thanks God for it. See, there's something really powerful about being thankful for what you have and thanking God. He thanks God. And then the Bible says this. They all ate as much as they wanted. And after they ate as much as they wanted, they actually picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. How does this make sense? It's God math. God math doesn't make sense. Now, here's what's so funny, is that God does this in chapter 14, but then literally one chapter later, not 20 chapters later, not like years later, but literally one chapter later, he does this whole entire exercise all over again with the disciples. Because here's what God knows about human nature. Humans will see the power of God work and then like a week later be like, God, how are you gonna do it again? I know that you did it one time, but how in the world could you do it again? So the Lord does this whole exercise all over again. He looks and he says, 
Hey, I feel sorry for these people. They've been with me for three days. They've had nothing to eat. I don't want to send them away hungry because they're going to faint on their journey, which I'm really excited that God cares about our physical needs. He's talking about their physical needs. So if he cares about their physical needs, he cares about our physical needs, which is encouraging. He said, Jesus asked them, what do we have? They said, well, we have seven loaves and a few fish. But their response was, how in the world is this going to happen? It's literally one chapter later. Literally. Jesus just did this. He just multiplied it. And they're like, wait, God, how are you gonna do this again? What does it say? Verse 37. They all ate as much as they wanted, and afterwards they picked up seven large baskets of leftovers. What is Jesus showing us? He's showing us a few things. Number one is this. He can multiply your efforts. He can multiply. Remember that verse that I read earlier that God is able, not you, not your job, not the economy, not the government, not your tax return. He, he is able to do what? Make all grace abound to you, right? So he's going, listen, whatever you give to me, I have the ability to multiply it. And it doesn't just work with finances. Yes, it works with finances, you said what, tripled, right? That's a good word, tripled. I'm sure if any of these people found out today that their uh, paycheck was tripled, they would probably be running circles in, in, in here today, right? So he can triple that, right? He can make your income multiply, but guess what? He can make your energy multiply. He can make the time multiply. Anything in any way that you make him first, whatever you put him as first, he goes, yeah, I'll, I'll bless it, I'll multiply it. The second thing I want you to see is this, whatever you give him, he'll bless. Whatever you put into his hands, he'll bless. Which leads us to the next point, point number three, is this, whatever you don't put in your, his hands, he won't bless. We see it really clearly right here. Look, they could have held on to what they had. Right? They could have said, no, this is our bread and these are our fish. Send everybody away. We are not letting go of this. But because they let go of it and put it in the Lord's hands, he blessed it, right? But it's the reverse too. If they would have held on to it, he couldn't have blessed it because he has nothing to bless. Do you see the logic here? The Lord can only bless what you give him to bless. If you hold to yourself, he can't bless it because you go, it's on me. It's in me and my strength. The fourth thing I want you to see is this. When we don't let go and allow him to bless it, we miss the opportunity to be blessed, but guess what? So does everybody else. Like, I am so excited every year. I was talking to our accountant. His name's Jason Kaczynski. He is the epitome of what you would imagine an accountant would look like, okay? He has been our accountant for seven years, and he's amazing, okay? He runs all of our books, runs all of our money. He called me the other day. We were talking about going into the new year, and he represents 24 other churches, 24 other churches. 
This is what he said to me. He said, number one, you're the only church over the last seven years out of all the churches that I represent that has been in the black every single month of all seven years. The only church. Okay, number one. He then says this. He goes, every year your giving to missions has increased every single year. Every year. I am so pumped. This year, we're giving $120,000 to World Missions from Elevate Church. That's us together. That's not me. That's us. Yeah, you need to celebrate. That's all of us together. We give, right? And we're able to bless. Now, here's what I need you to understand. This is what I need you to see. You hear the number, right? But I need you to understand that represents what? It represents women, children, Families that literally are wondering if they're going to eat. They're literally wondering if they're going to have enough. These are remote places in the world that you've never been to. These are children who have been left on the street because their mom and dad have died and they are just left in the streets. These are human beings. And the Lord goes, guess what? If you'll bring a gift to me, I will bless it. And then guess what? Not just bless you, but I'll bless them too. Listen, I, I can't wait for today. I, I believe it. I'm standing in faith on it. I can feel the anointing on me right now. I can't wait for the day that we give a million dollars away. I can't wait to the day that we give millions away. You know what my example is? My picture is Gateway Church, Robert Morris. That church gives away millions and millions of dollars every year. Their income keeps growing, their church keeps growing, and they just keep giving, and we're gonna be just like them in the name of Jesus. Point number two is this, don't rob God. Malachi chapter three, verse eight says, will a man rob God, yet you're robbing me? But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In the tithes and the offerings that you withheld. You are cursed with a curse for robbing me in this nation. Bring the tithe, the tenth, into the storehouse so that you may have food in my house. Test me on this. Test me. God goes, if you don't believe me, test me. I'll prove it to you. If you wanna test me, I'll prove it to you. Test me on this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out so much great blessing until there is no more room to receive it, and then I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. So let's ask this question. Okay, let's wrestle with this question. Will a man rob God? And you think to yourself, no, I would never rob God. I love him. I love God. That's why we're here today, because we love God. We love Jesus. We love his grace. We love his goodness. We love that he has made us the righteousness of Christ. We love his, 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 his way that he's forgiven us and restored us and given us hope and joy. We love God. Yet God goes, no, 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 no. You have robbed me. With what? Your finances. With the tithe and the offering. Because here, here's what I know. Whatever you love, your finances will follow. I'm gonna say that again. Whatever you love, whatever is the treasure of your heart, your finances will follow. But let me show you this picture, okay? This place, uh, here we go. It's 
It's called Edward's Apple Orchard, okay? This is the apple picking of apple picking of apple picking, okay? This place is in Chicago. It's awesome. It's so beautiful. You walk up, as you are walking up to Edward's Apple Orchard, you will smell them making hot, fresh, cinnamon donuts. You don't get cold donuts. You don't get stale donuts. You get hot, fresh cinnamon donuts. Can I get an amen from anybody? Okay, They're making hot, fresh apple pie with ice cream. They have, they have uh, beef brisket. I mean, they have all kinds of food, and it's all hot, and it's fresh, and talk about apple picking, and there's farm animals, and there's leaves changing. It is fall on crack cocaine, okay? <laughs> it is every, I mean, every, every idea of fall is this place. And I grew up with it. When I was growing up, they had this place, it was at Edward's Apple Orchard called the Hayloft thing, okay? It was like a building like this, Literally, it was kind of like this, and the whole place was just full of hay. And as a kid, you would just run into the hay and instantly have an asthma attack, okay? I mean, like instantly, okay? But you're a kid, you don't care. You're just like, bring it on, you know? And, and we would play football in the hay and have a great time. And I have so many wonderful memories. I had birthday parties there. I have so many memories of fall, like every fall, like this is like our fall thing. And, and, and it's so fun, like when we go home for Thanksgiving, when we get that opportunity, we get to take our boys, this is a few years ago, um, obviously the boys are a little bigger uh, now than in that picture, and I love this place. I love it. And as I'm walking up to Edward's Apple Orchard and I'm smelling the donuts that they're making. And I'm, I'm thinking about the fudge I'm gonna eat, and I'm thinking about the caramel apples I'm gonna buy, and the popcorn that I'm gonna get, and the apple pie, and I'm literally gonna throw up a few hours later because I've overate, right? I'm thinking to myself, like, as I walk up, here's my money. <laughs> Take my money. Why? I, I love it. I love it. Whatever you love, your finances are gonna follow. That's why the Lord goes, you say you love me, but you're robbing me. Of what? The tithe and the offering. The second thing I think the Lord is really saying is this, and I want you to see this in a completely different way, okay? And I never, I'll be honest with you, I'm not gonna take the credit for this. I, I literally got this from Robert Morris. I read his book years ago, The Blessed Life. If you want a great book, read The Blessed Life. It will change your outlook on finances, life, The Blessed Life, it's amazing. But I remember reading this book and he goes, I want you to see it this way. I want you to see it this way. You are robbing God of the opportunity to bless you. And how do we know this? Well, the Lord tells us. Test me on this, says the Lord. Not that I'll open up the windows of heaven and pour out so much great blessing until there's no more room to receive it. The Lord goes, you're robbing me of the opportunity of me getting to you more than enough. Because I don't know about you, but I'm pretty confident we all need more than enough because we live in a really crazy time right now. L let me give you a stat. Since 2000, 
Inflation on all goods has increased 220%. Since the year 2000, all goods that we purchase has gone up 220%. It is like every time we buy anything, you like check out a pack of gum and they're like, that's $1,000. You're like, oh, I really don't need that gum that bad, right? And I'm exaggerating, but here's the actual stat. Something that cost $10 in 2000 now costs $17.98. Give you some more. In the year 2000, the average home price, okay, get this, the average home price in the year 2000 was $120,000. You're like, can we go back in time? <laughs> right? The average home price was $120,000, okay? Today, the average home cost today, average, average home cost is $420,000 today in 2023, meaning that your payment would look somewhere between $3,500 to $4,200 a month with the current interest rates, which would mean this, that you would need to average, your average income would need to be 140,000 plus. God goes, you're robbing me of the opportunity to bless you because here's what I know about God. He knows the future. You don't think God knew in the year 2000 what it would look like in 2023? I'm... 100% confident he did. I'm 100% confident that he is the one that is able to make all things work together for what? Your good. I'm 100% confident that he holds everything in the palm of his hand. The Bible says he knows exactly how many hairs are on the top of your head today, that he owns it all. It's all his. I'm so confident that God has the ability to know your future before you know your future. He has the ability to see your future. He has the ability to see into the world's future and know how to what? Make sure that you have what you need and above and beyond that even with inflation rising, you're still okay. Oh, I should have got an Amen. He knows, he knows, he knows how to take care of you. He says, don't rob me of the opportunity to bless you. Don't rob me of the opportunity to increase your life. She had no idea what was on the other side of that $45. You have no idea what's on the other side of your obedience. But God can't bless disobedience. He blesses what? Obedient people. This is why Isaiah says, the obedient shall eat the good of the land. It doesn't say that the people in doubt and fear and worry and anxiety and do not trust the Lord will eat the good of the land. Oh, I know, man, it's hard. You're like, you're stepping on my toes. No, I'm not stepping on your toes and please don't email me and please don't tell me that I'm wrong. Tell the Lord. I didn't write this book. You do not, hear me out, you do not have an issue with me. You will have an issue with the Lord if you have any issue. This is his word. 
his heart is to go, I want to bless you. I want to take good care of you, no matter what season it is. God knows the season we're in. He knows the ups and downs of the economy, but can I make a real clear statement today? God's not broke. God's not broke. His economy's not broke. God's not worried about anything. He knows the beginning, the middle, and the end. He knows what all this would look like just before he came back. And he knows how to make sure that what the people of God who love him will be blessed. Third thing is this, food for the storehouse. What is the storehouse? It's the church that feeds you. So the Lord says, I want you to bring the tithe and the offering to the house that feeds you. Now, if you don't make Elevate Church your home that feeds you, cool, great. But if Elevate Church is your home that feeds you, and, and I'm, I'm just gonna say this, I'm really confident that we do a really good job of feeding you. I mean, the, that last series, the table, I think everybody every week left going, man, I just felt so encouraged. I felt so blessed. I felt like God poured out into me. I'm really confident that we have like probably one, not one, maybe one or one A, like the best worship team in all of Cincinnati. I, I mean, we're good. Like we're real good. And we have talent coming out of our ears, to be honest. I'm really confident that our kids' ministry is incredible, that Pastor Adesia is amazing, and she does an amazing, amazing, yeah, you can get a bit up for her. She, she's, she's so good. I'm really confident, really confident that we're a great church. I love you, Right? When your world fell apart, were we there? And we'll still be there, right? So the Lord goes, if that's your house, and that house feeds you, I want you to bring your tenth and your offering to the storehouse, my storehouse so that there'll be always more than enough here to do what we're called to do. We never have a lack of vision. We only have a lack of resources. Never. We have vision pouring out of us. I, I am so excited to work with this company called Church Candy. I've been, I've been praying for six months, Lord, give us new strategies on how to fish for people. Give us new strategy. And I kept seeing this thing on social media over and over and over for six months and six months. And the Lord finally said, will you just pay attention to me? I'm trying to show you something. We reached out to them. They said, yeah, we can help you. We've been helping big churches, small churches. They showed us this graph of this church that went from 500 to 1,000 in, in 24 months. We got vision for days. I told the team the other day, I said, I don't know how we're gonna do it, but I'm gonna believe God for it. We're gonna have an amazing fall fest next year. We're gonna give away candy, and there's gonna be inflatables and hot dogs and just children everywhere. We have vision for days. We just have a lack of resource. That's the only problem ever is, is, is financially and serving. Those are the two places. 
God will increase this church as these two things increase, as we partner together as a church, as you bring it into the storehouse. That's why I'm, I'm asking you, hey, Christmas, go to the first service and then literally serve the second and the third service. Help us. Jump in. Be a part. Use your gift. Whatever that gift is, maybe your gift is doing this. Some of you are like, I don't like talking to people. Well, can you wave? Can you smile? Right? That's all we need you to do. Do you know how to change a diaper? We got a spot for you. Do you know how to clean a bathroom? Great. We got a spot for you. The Lord says, bring it. Bring it to the storehouse. And, and, and this, is, this is how... This is how this works, okay? I'm gonna show you. Brayden, come here real quick. Yep, yep. Get real loud for Brayden, everybody. Brayden Wesley. We love Brayden. Wonderful young man in our church. <laughs> right? Wonderful, obedient, listen to everything mom and dad says. Young man, yes? Your dad's about to have a heart attack over there, okay? All right, let me show you how this works. So let's say I have 100 bucks, right? <laughs> yeah, don't get too happy, okay? I got, I got another service, okay? All right. So I got 100 bucks, right? Now, with this $100, I can do whatever I want with it, right? So I could say to Brayden, like, hey, why don't you hold this hundred dollars, right? <laughs> he was gonna run. I was gonna grab him. All right. So this is what the Lord does. Okay, kind of the back. <laughs> He's like, no. The Lord goes, everything's mine. I truly believe this. I truly believe that I, I know I technically own my house. No, it's not my house. It's the Lord's house. If the Lord told me to sell our house today and give all the money to, to him or whatever he needed, I would do it. It's the Lord's house. It is not my house. Our cars, I, I know we technically own our cars. They're not my cars. They're the Lord's cars. I, I truly believe this. I truly believe everything I have is a gift from God. I truly believe that the grace that God gives me to stand on this stage every week is a strength that he gives me. I truly believe that the grace and the strength that he gives you to get up and to go to work comes from him. The only reason that you have strength in your body is because God allows you to have strength in your body. The only reason you have breath in your lungs is because God has graced you and given you breath in your lungs. I truly believe everything is his. So just like me, when I take what is mine and I let Braden hold it, right? It's a gift to Braden. Just like God blesses you. He gives you gifts. He goes, hey, I'm gonna give you this talent. I'm gonna give you the strength. I'm gonna give you this ability. I'm gonna give you this job. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my grace on your life. And then he says what? I need 10% to be not given. 
You can't give to God, right? He says, return. Return to me what is mine. So that's 10%, right? 10 bucks. Now, Braden started with what? Zero. Right? You start with what? Zero. But God in his goodness goes, hey, here you go. I just need 10. Can I get 10 back? I just need, the Lord goes, I just need 10. So, do you think, I'm gonna ask you, do you think you having 90 and me having 10, is that a good deal? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. I'll hook you up later, you know. Well, give it up for Braden, everybody, okay. Lord goes, I'll make, a, I'll make a great deal with you. You get 90, I get 10, and then guess what? I'll prove to you what I'll do with this 90. I'll make sure that you are blessed beyond measure. I'll increase you in a way. I'll multiply you in ways that you couldn't even hope, dream, or imagine. One of my favorite parts of your testimony, you said it. You said, I wasn't even qualified for that job. You don't think God knew that? You don't think God made a way where there was no way? He's just looking for obedience. He's no respecter of person. He doesn't care who you are, where you came from. All he's looking for is just obedient people. Last point is this. Jesus is the tie. You go, wait, wait. How is God gonna ask me to do something that he's never done? No, 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 he did. His name is Jesus. God's one and only son. God takes his one and only son and he says, hey, here's my tithe. Before you were even born, before you could even make a decision for your future, before anything, the Lord goes, I'm so good that I'm gonna give my son my one and only son, and I'm gonna sacrifice him for you. I'm gonna put him on a cross. This is what the Bible tells us in John 3. It says, just as Moses lifted up a bronze servant in the desert on a pole, so the Son of Man must be lifted up on the cross so that whoever believes in him would have eternal life after physical death will actually live forever. Can I get an amen today? For God was so greatly loved, dearly prized world that he even gave his one and only begotten son that whoever believes and trusts in him as their savior would be, be saved and have eternal life. God goes, I gave the best tithe. And when you see it from that perspective, all of a sudden you go, it's my honor and it is my privilege to give to the Lord. He's so good that he gave his son, he sacrificed his son so that I could have eternal life when I didn't deserve it. God is the ultimate giver. He's the first always. So here's what I wanna challenge you with. Number one is this. If you currently don't tithe, I'm gonna challenge you to tithe. I wanna challenge you to be obedient and tithe. 
to bring your tithe to the storehouse. And here's my, here's my promise to you. Promise. You'll have it online. You can watch the promise. My promise is this to you, is this. If you tithe for six months and you come back to me and go, guess what? It didn't work. God robbed me. He stole from me. We actually have less and we don't know what we're gonna do. My promise to you is this. I will buy you a gift card to Jeff Ruby's on me. You can go there, whole family. I don't, I don't even care if you have like a four-year-old kid and they order like a $80 steak, good. You wanna order the Jordan shoe dessert special cake that comes out, they roll it out and there's smoke rolling and everything of that, good, it's all on me, I got you. That's how confident I am in God. That's how confident I am in his promises. I'm not betting on me, I'm betting on the Lord and he never fails. So my challenge is this, number one, if you don't tithe, to tithe. My second challenge is this, every year, the first weekend of December, we take up an offering. What did the Lord say? We bring our tithe and we bring our offering to the storehouse. Why do we take up an offering at the end of the year? So that we have more than enough to do what God has called us in 2024. And God has not called Elevate Church to less, God has called Elevate Church to more. So the first weekend of December, we're gonna bring our offering to the Lord above and beyond our tithe to honor him. Amen? Why don't you stand up? Come on, I want you to close your eyes. I just want you to ask the Lord, Lord, number one, are you speaking to me today? Are you speaking to us about trusting you financially? Number two, I want you to ask the Lord, Lord, what would our offering be this year? What is our part? The Lord just needs everybody to do their part. Lord, what is our part? Father, I bless your people. I bless them in the name of Jesus. I ask that your, you would increase their territory. I ask that you would increase their finances. I ask God that you would open up the windows of heaven and pour out so much blessing they wouldn't have enough room to contain it. Lord, I bless them in the name of Jesus. I ask God for your favor to surround them. I ask that you would surround them with a shield of your favor and your grace and your goodness. We thank you that you go before them and you make the crooked way straight. You illuminate their path and you make it clear to them. Lord, we thank you, God, for increases. We thank you, God, for bonuses. We thank you in the name of Jesus for your favor and blessing upon your people as they trust you. We bless them. We worship you. We honor you. 